0: Hi, I'm Dr. Trevor Cates. Welcome to the Spot Actor Podcast. Today we're talking about how to achieve fitness with a total transformation. That means not just the physical aspects of fitness, but also mentally and emotionally. My guest today is Drew Manning. He is the New York Times bestselling author of the book Fit to fat to fit and is best known for his fit to fat to fit.com experiment that went viral online. And if you're wondering what that is, it's exactly what it sounds like. He went from being fit to gaining a bunch of weight and then going to being back to being fit. And when he did this, he learned so much along the way in that he got some big takeaways. He was already fit, but when he put on a his diet and he put on a bunch of weight and had to go back to being fit. It gave him a whole different perspective on what it means to actually go from being unhealthy and unfit to becoming fit again, whole different experience for him. And this whole experiment, it went viral online. He's been featured on TV shows like Dr. Oz, Good Morning America, the view and many more. And it actually, his experiment led to him having a hit TV show called Fit to Fat to Fit, airing on A&E and Lifetime. And his new book that, he'd, that he had come out recently is Complete Keto. That's now available. And he's been on the podcast before, but I wanted to have him back on. He's learned, he's continuing to learn a lot about about sustainable fitness along the way and so i wanted to come back on and share some tips with you and that's exactly what we do today in the podcast i ask him some pretty challenging questions and we kind of dig deep i've known drew for a little while now he lives here in utah so it's great to have him back on and really dig in because i know that fitness that loving that level of fitness that we want to achieve can be challenging, and I know he's been there, and he's seen it, heard it all, and so who better to have come on the podcast and talk about this? So again, you don't want it to just be a physical level of fitness. There is a different. There are different layers to achieving fitness. You want to feel good as you're becoming fit and staying fit, so please enjoy this interview with Drew Manning. Drew, it's great to have you back on the Spot Actor Podcast. Welcome back.
1: Trevor, thank you for having me on again, the second time. Really appreciate you inviting me back on and uh, glad to be here. So thank you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So for for those people who didn't catch your first interview, can you explain a little bit about what? What got you started on your journey and kind of your path to fit to fat to fit? And I know looking at you, it's so crazy to hear the story, but when you know your pictures, your before and after pictures are online, people can see them. So it's real.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is real. And just to recap in a nutshell, for those who have no idea what fit to fat to fit is, you can go Google it. But it was something I did back in 2011 to gain a better understanding of what it was like to be overweight for the first time in my life. So I was a personal trainer back then. And I was always in shape and um, I decided to get fat on purpose to gain a better understanding. And it was crazy. It was humbling. Um, A lot of valuable lessons were learned during that experience. And luckily I lost the weight. I gained 75 pounds in six months, which is unbelievable because if you look at the pictures, they look like they're Photoshopped, but they're really not. Um, And I wrote a book about it. The book became a near-time bestseller. And then from there, I had two seasons of a TV show called fit to fat to fit, where we took other trainers through this process so that they could learn empathy, respect, and a better understanding. Um, and then since then I've just kind of built my brand online and I've about four years ago, got into the keto space, um, which has become really popular obviously. And, um, I don't know what to call myself a keto coach or, you know, whatever you want to call me. I don't, really don't care about the formalities, but, Um, Yeah, I'm big into the keto space right now, and we do a lot of keto digital content, and I have my own supplement line now. So that's that's me in a nutshell, uh, summarizing everything from the last episode.
0: Yeah, so fantastic that you're just continuing strong. And, you know, I I do... I do know that talking to you last time and, and when I run into you, because you're, you're here in Utah, we don't see yeah. each
1: other
0: usually. <laughs> yeah. um, you learned so much from your journey, uh, doing that experience of gaining the weight and losing it, so much more than you thought you were going to. There was a lot of uh, surprising aha moments, right?
1: Yeah, and the biggest lesson I would say that I learned was how much of transformation is mental and emotional. So coming from the fitness industry, you know, I used to focus so much on the physical aspects of weight loss, right? Here's your macros, here's your calories, here's your workouts, uh, here's your supplements, let's focus on that. And if you're struggling, then I'll just bombard you with more physical tools, uh, tricks and hacks to help you, you know, lose that body weight that you're trying to lose. And that was my approach, because that's all I knew. And then when I did fit to fit, fit, I had these aha moments of, you know, the emotional connection to food is way more powerful than I ever imagined. And And transformation, is so much more mental and emotional than people think. I could give someone the best meal plan, the best uh, workout program, but none of that matters unless that person knows how to overcome their own mental and emotional challenges. And I think that's what holds most people back here in America, isn't so much a lack of knowledge. We have so much information at the, you know, at, at, on our fingertips that we could Google anything and figure it out. It's not so much a lack of knowledge, it's, it's those emotional struggles with eating consistently uh, you know, eating good food on a consistent basis or, a, or exercising regularly, what's holding people back from that? Usually it's, it's their mindset. It's, it can stem from a lot of things. And so that's what my mission is now is to help people overcome those mental and emotional challenges so that it becomes a lifestyle change instead of something that they have to suffer through and something that they, they loathe, you know, going to the gym and dieting. My mission is to help people overcome that so they can make it into a true lifestyle change.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, so powerful. So what do you think are the biggest things that help people overcome that? What are, what are the things that you have learned that help people with that?
1: Yeah, there's a couple things. First of all, everyone's situation is individual. It's very, um, uh, specific to that person's upbringing, the way they were raised, their perception of themselves, their perception of what health and fitness is. Um, I, I would say the two of the biggest things are a support system and accountability. So, if you're trying to transform, not just physically, but financially, emotionally, spiritually, you have to change up your environment and you have to surround yourself with like-minded people. So you have to have a support group that's gonna give you encouragement Um, and love and belief and letting you know that you're worth it, but also kicking the butt every once in a while. So a support system, I mean, you look at someone that's, you know, struggling with alcohol addiction, for example, if they try and willpower their way through it, how many people are successful at that? Not a lot of people. So if people are addicted to food, we think sometimes, oh, I just got to cut out the sugar, right? We all know that, but why don't we do it? Why can't we do it? A lot of it has to do with, you know, having a support system to stay accountable to someone so that we can report to them and say, "Okay, I need you to help keep me accountable because I'm going to have times where I'm going to slip up. I'm going to have times where I want to give in and I just want that drug, if you will. And um, it's hard to do it by ourselves. And so those are those are two of the most important things. But also it's, it's helping people change their perception of what health and fitness needs to look like. So I think our perception of health and fitness or the average person's Uh, uh, perception is based off of TV movies social media we see these Instagram models and we think oh healthy looks like this I need to have a six-pack or I need to have a bikini body to be healthy and I don't look like that therefore I'm not healthy and um, and then we beat ourselves up uh, if we don't look that way and we think we're a failure if we tried and failed and we don't look the way that we perceive it on social media for example I think that's what people struggle with, thinking this, it's this unattainable goal of reaching this status of, of, uh, of being healthy. And they think, well, you know what? I put in 60, 90 days of hard work. I exercise every day. I count on my macros. I lost a little bit of weight, but I still look like this. Therefore, you know, I, it's, it's just not for me. It's not in the cards. And they go back to their old ways. And I think that's that, that perception is what needs to change.
0: Right. And then if we look at too, that's fantastic. And I think if we look at um, healthy weight loss, that you not only are going to look physically different, but you'll feel better. And I think for, I think for a lot of people, if they start to feel better, they realize it's not just about, you know, how you physically look, but actually how you feel. I mean, that makes life so much better when you have a healthy weight loss and you're not just depriving yourself of, of nutrients, but you're but you're adding nutrients to the body and you're getting your body in a healthier state, you're gonna have more mental clarity, you're gonna have more energy, you're gonna be more fun.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: more yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, you can play with your kids, you can play with your grandkids, you can get up without feeling pain and aches all day long. You don't have to take medications. Um, that's really what healthy should be. And that should, that should be the focus. Um, I think people that tend to be older, right. Don't get offended. But what I'm saying is they're wiser and they don't really, you know, they've reached that certain point where they don't really care about having that six pack look or looking like an Instagram model. They just want to be healthy for their kids, their grandkids. And that's how it should be. But even still for that, for that, for those people that look at it that way, it's still really hard to obtain because our society and our culture are based around, um, you know, rewarding ourselves or punishing ourselves with food. We eat our emotions. So when we're sad, we drink wine or we drink alcohol or we, you know, we loathe in that, um, in some type of self-destructive habits or behavior. Sometimes with food, sometimes with drugs or whatever, uh, you know, substance there is. Um, or if like we're celebrating life, there's a holiday, there's a birthday, there's your kid's graduation and there's food surrounded by that. So, and that food is based off of what culture is. So like, uh, uh, you know, you go to a football game or baseball game, there's hot dogs and beer or pizza or wings or whatever the cultural uh, norm is for that situation. And we don't want to be the one that's left out. We don't want to be the one eating chicken and broccoli you know, at uh, Christmas time when everyone's having, you know, delicious desserts and, you know, treats that our family has made for generations, you know, and so it's really hard to break that habit. Um, I'm not saying you have to break it completely. It's just having a better relationship with food and being more aware of what you're putting in your body. um, Because I think that's, you know, people will sometimes either go really extreme and go overboard and say, okay, I can't control myself, and other people can have a couple cookies and be okay and say, okay, I have that self-control, I can stop. Right? So each person's situation is different and you gotta find what works best for you and find what your happy balance is. If your happy balance is fifteen percent body fat and you can maintain that happily without feeling deprived, then go for it. But if your happy balance is twenty percent but you complain about it because it's too strict, um then you you probably you know won't ever get to ten percent body fat you know and, and be happy at that percentage. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does make sense. And I I do want to go back to what you're talking about. Is people will use food to kind of you know if they're emotionally unhappy or they're feeling a void or time and they're, they're bored. Um, uh, yeah. So what are what are some tips to help people with that? What are some things that people maybe should consider doing instead? of uh, instead of eating or eating the wrong foods,
1: right? Yeah, there's a great book that I love called Willpower Doesn't Work by Benjamin Hardy. And I recommend anyone that's struggled with willpower or trying to stay consistent on uh, some type of transformation, check it out because in the book he talks about how humans are really good at adapting to environments. That's what we're really good at, is adapting to a new environment. You throw us in the cold, we'll figure out a way to stay warm. You throw us in the heat, we'll figure out a way to stay cool, right? Um, same thing with our with our uh, you know our idea of a transformation you have to find a way to change your environment instead of willpowering your way through it so that means changing up the food that that's in your house uh, for example that's changing up the way you go to sleep maybe you sleep in your gym clothes so that the first thing you do when you wake up is go to the gym and when you go to reach for a snack in the middle of the night to pick up the ice cream or the cereal or whatever their, their vice is because it's not conveniently in a place where they can just go and grab it but if it's always there then that environment is set up for you to at one point in time, you know, uh, give in. <laughs> so you got to learn how to change your environment, adapt to that new environment. And that's how you change your life.
0: Yeah, yeah, great tips. And your dad, you know what it's like <laughs> having kids in the house, because yes. it, when it's just you, it's a lot easier, right? You can put things in the house that You like, you know, you know, that are healthy for you, but when you've got kids, it adds another layer of complexity. And a lot of people listening are thinking, okay, what about my spouse? What about my kids? What about my in-laws or what, you know, whoever it is that's in the home, my roommates, um, they don't, they don't eat like I do or I, what, so what do I do? Because that stuff's still going to be in the house for them. So what do you think? Or some people
1: that that adds a whole layer of of extra difficulty to the situation obviously with kids i'm a big proponent of feeding my kids what i eat um but giving them options of healthy of healthy foods so if they want to snack on something instead of having chips popcorn candy chocolate uh capri sun and like all these delicious like snacks that are available instead of them having access to that it's like okay you're hungry if you're really hungry you'll eat this food you'll eat these fruits these vegetables these healthier snacks. Um, and if they are hungry, they'll eat it. But if they're just craving something, then they'll, you know, um, then obviously they they want those types of, uh, snacky foods. So be smart about it. And, and so I'm a big proponent of that. When it comes to kids, when it comes to spouses that are on a different wavelength than you, that's a whole different conversation. So in those situations, um, you want to love that person and support them and you can't be that person that's constantly, saying, hey, you need to lose weight, come work out with me, eat eat this diet that I'm doing. It's kind of like trying to convert someone to your religion. People can put up walls or get defensive thinking that you you think you know better than them, and you're going to save them by uh, converting them to your religion, right? It doesn't always work that way. (laughs) It has to be their idea. So love them, support them, be the example. And when they're ready to make the change, be there with open arms and say, let's do this together. Um, But in the meantime, uh, I think it just needs to, uh, one of the, the things that I, I talked about is, um, increasing your awareness and, and your mindfulness. And one of the ways you can do that is by meditating. And I'm a big fan of meditation because what that does is it helps you be more mindful in the moment, right? Instead of being reactionary in the moment where we're bored, we're stressed and just reaching for something without even thinking about it. Sometimes we're like, oh man, we're halfway through this, this, um, you know, this bag of chips, and we realize what we're doing, right, we're sabotaging ourselves. It's being more mindful in the moment. So that's what meditation has done for me and a lot of my clients is if you learn to meditate effectively, you can be present in the moment. And instead of reacting, you can thoughtfully respond and say, Okay, I'm craving something. There's chips right here in front of me that are my husband's chips or my wife's chips. And I definitely uh, know I shouldn't eat them. And just weigh it out in your mind, you're thoughtfully responding instead of just I'm bored. Give me the chips and they're here. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the ways that helps people more from a, a mental and emotional approach rather than a, a physical tactical approach of like, OK, hide the chips, lock them up, throw away the password or give it to someone else, you know, like <laughs> to, or the code to get into the safe. Um, this is more of a mental and emotional approach to uh, being just raising your awareness of, OK, what's happening in this situation? What am I doing?
0: Right, and and so this is really what we're talking about here is really a total transformation, not just on a physical level, um, but also mentally, emotionally. So this has been a big shift for you, right? I mean, or, I mean, I, I guess even more so. It seems like you keep going more and more in that direction of that kind of total. Yeah.
1: Well, that's because, I mean, that's all what all my experiences has, have led up to up until this point. And this is what I talk about in my new book, Complete Keto, is I try, I try to take all the lessons I learned on the mental and emotional side from fit to fit to fit and over the years of, of personal development even uh, and, and implementing something like meditation into my life. That's why I added all that to my book, Complete Keto, even though it's a ketogenic approach and it's a keto program, 30-day program, and there were lots of recipes and there's workouts, structured workouts, but then you'll also notice things like meditation every day, positive affirmations, a gratitude list, so that as you're working out on on your outward appearance, you're also working in on uh, your mindset and your your mental strength uh, throughout the day by doing things like meditation and a positive affirmation every day and a gratitude list so that your, um, your approach to the day is more from a place of self-love versus self-hate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I- um,
1: kind of feeds off of that self-hate. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Sorry, sorry, you cut out there for just a second. So I thought you were down. What were you saying?
1: Oh, I was talking about coming from a place of self-hate versus self-love. If you're coming from a place of self-hate, which is what the fitness industry kind of feeds off of, then I feel like it's just a, a vicious cycle, a never-ending cycle of beating yourself up, hoping you look this way, and then you're not achieving it, you try again with a different diet, different supplements, different workout, and then you just, but if you're coming from a place of self-love, it's like, it's are focused more on the process of, I'm going to live a healthy lifestyle, no matter what the results are. So instead of focusing on the results, like some people do in the fitness industry, let's just focus on the process, having those healthy habits down and let the results take care of themselves over time.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And it, and it, it does take some consistency and patience. It's not, uh, you know, I've seen people and I, and I know people know this, but I still see them do it trying to get fit in a day. (laughs) And, uh, you know, they go to the gym, (laughs) you know, they starve themselves before they go and then they work out really hard. And then it just, it sets them up for feeling terrible, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah it's hard people it's hard for people to change their perception of of this is going to be a long term journey for you this is not some 30 60 day thing that you do and then you're done you can relax afterwards it's something that has to be a part of your every single day life that you you live the process no matter what right you you get up you eat real food you work out every you move your body it doesn't have to be this suffering in the gym like like we think it has to be of like oh i have to go to one hour of cardio and an hour of weights and i'm sore afterwards i just want ice cream but i have to eat the salad it doesn't have to be that way it doesn't have to be suffering and starvation um it it can be actually really fulfilling uh, if you look at it from a different uh, perspective
0: So what? Yeah, let's look at that because what is a good way? What do you think about people transitioning? So say somebody is trying to get back in shape, and um, because as as we know, once you get to a certain point, it gets a lot easier. It's that a lot of times it's that getting started. So basically, two questions here: is one, how do you get started, and. Um, and without overdoing it, but you know, kind of like transitioning in. And then the second question is, how long does it take to really start to notice? When should you start to notice changes?
1: That's a good question. Okay, getting started, that can look different for every single person. So, what I would recommend, first of all, is obviously set the goal, right? What's your goal? It doesn't have to be weight loss. I actually am not a fan of, I want to lose 20 pounds in one month. The problem with that, is that a lot of that is out of your control, right? You could say, I'm gonna lose 20 pounds one month, but that doesn't equate to fulfillment, right? If you lose 20 pounds one month, it doesn't equate to fulfillment. And there's a lot of things outside of your control in that situation. You could starve yourself, or you could eat you know, a 1,000 calories of donuts and lose weight, but does that mean you're gonna be healthier and feel better and look better? Probably not. Um, so it's gotta be deeper than that. Find out what your why is, and uh, it's gotta be deeper than I wanna look good for the summer. It's going to be something more meaningful, more fulfilling. That's going to motivate you on the days you want to stop. And then from there, look into what programs you want to follow. Do you want to try keto? Do you want to try vegan? Do you want to try paleo? There's a lot of options out there. Um, and so pick one that you think might fit your lifestyle best. Same thing with exercise. It doesn't have to be the suffering. It can be maybe Zumba. Maybe it can be, you know, walking outside, running, uh, swimming, biking, uh, dancing, whatever, fits your you know lifestyle that you enjoy that's the way it can look and then from there your second question was how how quickly you should see results it depends right it totally depends because I know some people that might not see the scale budge at all but their clothes are fitting better they're feeling better they're off their medications their blood work is coming back a lot better so don't base it off of just any one factor I recommend looking at a, a, a variety of different uh measurables so for example blood work your body composition how your clothes are fitting and if you want to use the scale you can but just try not to become obsessed with that number because i see people define themselves their worth based off of that number if it hits if it if it goes down or if it doesn't go down their worth is based off of that relationship with gravity which is really weird but i mean you should notice results within the first few weeks if you're staying consistent with it Um, And then from there, the problem is people don't see it soon enough or quick enough. They want that instant change, like you mentioned. And then after two months, they're like, this was so hard. I only saw five pounds come off the scale and I don't have, I'm not skinny yet. And I tried really hard for two months. It's just not worth it, right? If they would have kept it up for a year or two years or three years, imagine how much better they would feel if they just would have stayed consistent with it and had more of a long-term mindset in that situation.
0: Yeah. And you know, I like to see people see some change in two yeah. weeks. That's why I have a two week program. And yeah. my feeling is if you're not seeing, especially after three weeks, if you're doing something for three weeks, two, three weeks, not seeing any change at all, it might yeah. be time to tweak it because yes. you know, there are a lot of different types of, you know, everybody's unique. And so you might need a little bit of change you I need some support. And it might, mean, it might be the workout routine, right? Or it might be the diet. It might be that you, just, you need some changes to start yeah. to see that. at least feeling a difference. You should notice more energy. Um, I mean, I tell people a lot to look at their skin because skin can be a great outer reflection of inner health and skin issues might start clearing up. And then, hey, wait, you're moving in the right direction. Just give it some more time, right? Awesome. Um, and so- yeah.
1: yeah, I think that's great advice.
0: Yeah, and so I know you're a big fan of the keto diet. Explain mm-hmm. who you think this type of diet is particularly good for.
1: It's a good question. So if you think about it from an evolutionary standpoint, humans have, you know, uh, we, we have this backup system known as ketosis for a reason, um, you know, where you're basically able to burn stored body fat as, as a fuel source. And our ancestors weren't really doing ketosis on purpose. It's not like they're like, hey, take away those carbs. I don't want to eat those carbs. I want to be in ketosis today. They just ate what was available to them, right? But it's how we evolved as a species. So um, it's a natural metabolic state for our bodies to be in a state of ketosis. Now, is it for everybody? I'll I'll say I'll be the first one to tell you no, even though I'm a big fan of it. But I think it's worth at least everyone exploring to see if it's right for them, just because you don't know until you give it a good consistent try for at least 30 days to allow your body time to adapt so i think it's worth everyone giving it a try for at least 30 days and then whether you stay in ketosis or not is up to you i know people that have stayed in ketosis for decades and they're totally healthy they're totally fine but i know people that didn't feel that great after 30 days and so they you know do really well on carbohydrates and so if you're one of those people that i would if you measure your blood glucose levels and you can eat you know um, let's say a banana or some fruit, and you don't see a huge spike in blood sugar. You, you know you're you're probably uh, very efficient at um, utilizing carbohydrates as a fuel source. But I know people that if they have a banana, their blood sugar spikes as if they're type two diabetic, even though they're super healthy. And Rob Wolf is a good example of this. He's the author of um, uh, Eat or Wired to Eat and The Paleo Solution. And him and his wife are polar opposites, where he will have half a banana and his blood sugar will spike to the 200s for a, a couple hours and then his wife will have you know a bowl of rice and it was like she like nothing happened to her blood sugar at all and so you know does she need to be in ketosis probably not but she uh, from what i understand she cycles in and out you know or eats healthy fats um so it's good to find out what works best for you there's no one perfect approach for anyone out there and also i would say what works for you today. Might not work for you six months from now, so be open to changing up and trying new things. Do some experimenting on your body to find out, what, find out what's optimal for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know in the, a little while ago you talked about support, support groups, yeah. and and finding that that kind of your tribe and your support around you. What are some ways because you know everybody, a lot of people are working from home. They're more isolated mm-hmm. because of the the digital world. Do you think that that digital connection is enough or do you think people need to build more of a community in person or do people, is there benefit from both? Uh,
1: everything I've read supports, you know, one-on-one human interaction, um, you know, more so than digital connection on social media because uh, you know, we're the most connected we, the world has ever been. I could see what's going on in Israel today if I looked on Twitter or Japan. Um, we're so connected, but we're so lonely. And, um, I think the human interaction, the one-on-one human interaction is something that's missing from our society. And it's something that maybe is becoming a lost art or, you know, people don't know how to communicate, uh, you know, when it's not through text or (laughs) some type of, uh, DMing. Um, and so I feel like it's something that's really important still. And, uh, something I try and do is, is make time for relationships, whether it's going out with friends or, you know, the, the guys or spending time with my daughters or family, um, I try and make time for relationships because I think it's it's vital for uh, for our overall, our overall physical health, but mental and emotional health as well.
0: Right, and so finding people that have healthy habits too to hang out—that's yeah. with, uh, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's a little tricky, right?
1: Yeah, it can be tricky, you know. And I think at the end of the day, is um, you know we we do fall to peer pressure sometimes, and if we're hanging out with people that like Taco Bell and McDonald's we're probably going to be hanging out with them and eventually eat that food. Um, not all the time, but, you know, I think it's good to surround yourself with people that inspire you and motivate you to want to be better. And that means physically as well for our physical health. And so find like-minded people that maybe are into, you know, biohacking or maybe into keto, if that's what you're trying to do. And, um, and yeah, I think that's, that's really important. That's great advice.
0: Right. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And um, yeah, I think that there are some great, facebook groups and things like that to get ideas and to feel like and to realize you're not alone especially if you hear uh if you hear from people their struggles it helps you make realize you're not alone so that was nice but i also do really love what you're talking about finding people to connect with in person as well but you really i think there's a lot of benefit to to both but yeah, you're not gonna get everything from. It's like it would be like dating somebody and never <laughs> getting yeah. touch or interaction with them, right? There's you just can't get everything you need from and um, the online world. <laughs> yeah, as
1: much as true. our
0: our world likes to think that.
1: <laughs> yeah, more social, less media.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So with your keto book, do you have, tell us about the book. Do you have recipes in there? What are some of the things that help? Because I know keto, the, the, the keto diet can be hard for people to follow. So what are some of the things that you do in your book to help guide people through it?
1: Yeah. So first of all, there's over 75 recipes uh, in the book. All of them are dairy-free. I actually did all my, my recipes dairy-free because people think keto is just butter, bacon, and cheese all day long, right? If, you know, They think that's all you eat on the keto diet, when in reality, it's so much more than that. And the reason I took out dairy was because people tend to overdo, overconsume dairy on keto. And I think dairy, for most people, can be you know, uh, inflammatory. And so I think it's really important to cut that out. And plus, people just eat cheese all day long. And so I said, Hey, let's let, to feel your best on the keto diet. And for, you know, the, the best results in the shortest amount of time, let's cut out dairy for 30 days. So all the recipes are dairy free, but then also we have a vegan section and a vegetarian section because we have so many more plant-based folks that want to receive the benefits of keto, but they don't know how to do it. They don't think it's possible because they think it's just butter, bacon, and cheese all day long. And so I give them a detailed 30 day program with the meal plans and the recipes and the workouts and the mindset stuff that we focus on meditation and positive affirmations of gratitude. lists. everything's in there for you to follow. Um, And then on top of that, um, you know, it's the mental emotional hacks and, and tricks that I teach people to change your mindset, change your perception of your situation, of your circumstances, to make this a lifestyle change, whether you do keto or not. You'll see in the book that, yes, I'm a big fan of it, but I, I give you options for after you do my program, if you want to stay in ketosis, if you want to cycle on carbs back in, or if you want to go carbs all the way afterwards, that's totally fine. I think it's just giving people options and educating them on, on what you can do after you know after keto. Because a lot of people think, well, I feel great. I saw good results. But I want—I don't want to eat that way for the rest of my life, and so that's what I did with complete keto. And so, yeah, there's there's a bunch of options for pretty much everyone in there.
0: it sounds like you really listened to people about the big concerns because you're you're addressing the things that I hear a lot of people complain about. With. <sighs> yeah diet is I, you know, I can't do it if I'm vegetarian or vegan. If I'm, if I'm choosing to not eat meat for philosophical reasons, it's just, you know, it's out. I can't do keto diet. So that's great that you have addressed that. And then also people are like, it's not sustainable. How do I do this long-term? Or right. I can't like mentally, I can't get over the mm-hmm. the blocks that I have around food. So, and, and then also give me recipes. People want recipes. We always can have more recipes, right?
1: Yeah. It's so true. People lo- love the recipes, especially the recipes in the book turned out amazing and they're super easy to make. I found that if recipes are too difficult, you know, for most people, if they're too difficult, weird ingredients, it'll probably never be get made, even though it looks amazing. Uh, the, the more simple you can make them and the more tasty you can make them, people will keep making them over and over again. And that's what's happened so far with uh, my book, Complete Keto.
0: Great. Great. Awesome. I love that. And then also the thing about dairy, it is um, my audience knows that I talk about dairy being one of the big trigger foods for, a- for acne and some certain other skin issues. So it's nice that people can have dairy-free options and that you have those recipes, recommendations in the book. So nice, nice job. And of course, dairy's not a problem for everybody, but it definitely is one of those big You know, one of the big trigger foods for people uh, with—I find for skin issues, but also other health issues. So I'm glad you did. You have you personally struggled with dairy? Is that something that you've noticed for yourself?
1: Yeah, for the most part, my whole life growing up, I was pretty lactose intolerant. I knew I was aware of that. And then when I switched over to keto and had dairy in the form of cheese, it didn't—it didn't really affect me from what I noticed. But here's the thing, and here's why I recommend everyone. You know, doing an experiment to find out if dairy or other foods can cause issues is once you cut it out of your diet for thirty days, and and ha- and get it out of your system, and then re- reintroduce it back in, see how your body feels at that point in time, and you'll feel or see how certain foods affect you. So for me, dairy. Um, yeah, I could handle it on keto, for example, like I didn't notice any adverse reactions, but when I cut it out on my diet and then brought it back in, that's when I noticed some issues. And so that's, what's really important for people to do. I think it's important for everyone to do some experimenting, whether it's with dairy or grains or soy or whatever it might be, cut it out of your diet, even though you don't notice anything right away for a good 30 days and then reintroduce it and see how your body reacts when you first introduce it.
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan of that, too. Talk about that in my book, too. So <laughs> awesome. I think that's fantastic. And Drew, you're, you're also trying to help help other people help others, right? So you've got, you've got some stuff coming up with, um, with some groups and things. So you want to share anything about that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Fit to, to Fit was a really powerful movement for a lot of people. And ever since the TV show aired, I've had people ask me, where can I find a trainer like you in my area? I would love to work with someone that's empathetic. That understands where I'm coming from and has more respect versus the trainers I've worked with in the past. Some people haven't had positive experiences working with certain trainers because they feel judged, they feel misunderstood. So for years I've been working on this project uh, creating a fit to fit to fit certification course for other trainers or coaches to become fit to fit to fit certified to carry on that brand name of empathy, respect, and understanding so that any client that hires a fit to fit to fit trainer, in their area knows what they're giving. Obviously I can't go train everyone here that's asked me to come train them. This is an opportunity to impact the masses where I can help other coaches become certified in the things I've learned over the years, especially on the mental and emotional side of fitness and transformation to, um, you know, create a, a an army or uh, missionaries, if you will, to spread the word of, of what I'm trying to preach. And so I'm really excited about that. So um, if you go to fit to you can look into the certification course and when, our, when we're doing these in-person trainings where we'll have people come out to Utah for a weekend and over the course of three days, it's one-on-one hands-on learning experience of, of everything I've been through. We'll put you through that as well. And then we, at the end, we teach you how to monetize it as well. So it's a great course for trainers or coaches that want to learn how to become a fit to to fit trainer.
0: Awesome. Well, keep up the great work and tell everybody where they, tell your website, social media, your book, where, where can people find more about you?
1: Yeah. So Complete Keto is available at, Arm, at Amazon and Barnes and Noble, all the major retailers. And then follow me at fit to fat 2 fit you guys, and uh, I'll try and keep you entertained.
0: All right. Well, thanks Drew for, um, for joining us and thanks for everything that you're doing to educate and inspire and help people.
1: Thank you, Trevor. Let's go boating again sometime. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I hope you enjoyed this interview today with Drew Manning. And to learn more about him, you can go to thespadoctor.com. Go to the podcast page with his interview, and you'll find all the information and links there. And while you're there, I invite you to join the Spa Doctor community so you don't miss any of our upcoming shows. You can also hop over to iTunes and and leave a, a review there and subscribe there. So that's another option. We're both in audio and video. You can find us on iTunes, on YouTube, and thespadoctor.com. And also I also invite you to join me on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, join the conversation there. And I also encourage you to take the skin quiz. Just go to theskinquiz.com Find out what messages your skin is trying to tell you about your health and what you could do about it at theskinquiz.com. And I'll see you next time on the Spot Doctor Podcast.